Lunchtime replay from Money FM 89.3. Hashtag Wanderlust with Tim Go only on Money FM 89.3. Humans versus machine. Well, this week on Hashtag Wanderlust, we'll be talking about which you prefer the most. I mean, personally, I talk to machines when I'm booking my flights or booking my airline, but I hate having to deal with machines when I'm checking in for my flight and putting that uh, luggage label because I could never get it right. But maybe some people prefer doing that, uh, prefer less human interaction. We'll find out what CWT has found out in uh, a survey that they conducted recently. Joining me right now is uh, Mike Volkovich from CWT. And Mike, so you had this new survey and what have you found about travelers' behavior when it comes to dealing with humans and machines? We had some interesting feedback from the uh, from the survey that we completed, and uh, it has more to do with um, how do people choose to interact with um, the digital interface, the mobile app, the browser-based interface versus face-to-face interaction with a travel agent, with a gate check agent, a baggage agent, et cetera, during the airport. And there were several touch points. What we found out, of course, is that, you know, over time anyway, uh, people are much more comfortable dealing with automated systems. Uh, the one you mentioned, of course, being one of the more recent innovations is self-bag drop. Oh, right? I hate that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, interestingly, in a past life, I was involved in the in, crea- in some of the self-bag drop stuff that we've done here. In, uh, I mean, the thing is with a self-bagging thing, when you look at a check-in agent doing it, mm-hmm. they do it seamlessly. It's so easy for them to just you know, put that sticker on. Yeah. And when you try to do it yourself, it, it's not, I can never put it straight. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, it takes, you know, they do it all day. They, get, <laughs> they, get, they make it look easy, right? Like That's anything, true. And, and then you start worrying, will the machine be able to read your 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 barcode because mm-hmm. you didn't put it in properly? Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the success rate of those machines is quite good right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, uh, where was I recently? I was in Queenstown uh, in New Zealand right. where I did one of those with Air New Zealand and dropped it off. Uh, I've done it several times in Hong Kong, uh, you know, and, it, and it's worked perfectly well. Um, but again, I probably have a little bit more of an insider <laughs> on this kind of thing. But those, those, those self-bag draft machines are extremely reliable. Uh, the, one of the challenges is that a lot of people require assistance with baggage, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people will require – I don't understand what this thing is telling me to do, whether it be a language barrier from people traveling internationally or, or they just don't in, manage to understand the instructions. And that's why it's critical to have a few people around to help. So that's a that's probably one of the more advanced examples mm-hmm. of interface, you know, with a machine uh, versus a, a personal interaction. Some of the things that we thought about in this process was when you search for travel, when you book travel, versus when you're on the road experiencing it. What do people like to see? Years ago, I remember being pretty amazed when I went through. I think it was Munich or Frankfurt. Lufthansa. Uh-huh had really changed the passenger experience that you could book your flight, print your ticket, check in, drop your bag, and board the plane without interfacing with a human being at all. Mm-hmm. If you've gone through there, you know, they'll, they'll, you can self-board at the yeah. gate and stuff like that. Yes. Um, 
And of course, it's Germany. It works perfectly over there, right? <laughs> <laughs> They've mastered the They're, art of efficiency. It's, yeah, it's, it, it is, in fact, very well designed and intuitive and efficient. Um, now, that's not going to work necessarily everywhere. But it, it doesn't even work for certain airlines when you're flying through Frankfurt. True. It, it works for some, but not for all. Yeah. Um, and that gets back to the kind of core technology principle of the fact that you can't automate a bad process, right? Mm. You have to have a robust and well-designed process in order to apply a level of automation or, or machine, you know, automation to it. So I think that a few of the trends that we saw that were fascinating were we've seen people go much more to purchase on the mobile smartphone, right, or the mm. right from the smartphone interface. And years ago, people would search but go to the browser to make a uh, yeah, complete yeah, transaction. True. That is true. Right? Yes. They'd find things, they'd browse for things, but they wouldn't actually complete a transaction on the mobile device. They would go to the computer to do that. And now, I mean, with with the advancement of a lot of browser-based apps and, and um, browsers themselves, like Safari, people are much more confident using PayPal accounts or mm-hmm. using Apple Pay or using their – um, their credit card digital wallet. It's it's very things. convenient because I'll give you an example. I was in a remote place uh, a couple of months ago. I wanted to change my travel plans mm-hmm. and I have my phone with me and I can just book a ticket before getting to the train station. So when yeah. I get there, I know that I have a seat on that train. It's it's that easy. You don't need to carry around a laptop anymore mm. um, to change your flight. So I guess, you know, I didn't take part in the survey, but I'm probably one of the <laughs> 0.1% in this one. Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, I think many of us are, right? I mean, I think that's one of the things that's that's kind of interesting about it is that we found that so many people are way more comfortable adopting this type of technology, whereas in the past they weren't. Mm-hmm. For good reason, right? It wasn't really there yet. Uh, buying and selling travel, especially changing travel, mm-hmm. is is a lot more complicated than <laughs> buying a paperback book on Amazon, right? It's that's a, true. You, you know? But, but with, with uh, mobile applications from different platforms, what you can do is check hotel availability, check yeah. flight tickets or train tickets, whatever it is, and book at the same time when you have everything firmed up, mm-hmm. right? So that makes it a lot easier if you're on the go. Yeah, exactly. And if you have uh, if you have something where you have your profile loaded and you know the app at well, at well like ours is called MyCWT and it's mm-hmm. a company policy or driven app. It knows who you are. It knows where you've booked in the past. It knows your company policy. All your form of payment and your passport details are included so you can feel good about searching and booking within the mobile app. Okay. Yeah. Going back to your survey, uh, so we've established that most of us, most business travelers will prefer doing everything else online, right? Booking hotels and and, um, a flight online. Many are okay with (coughs) – excuse me – with – self-check-in at the airport as well and bag drops and things like that. I do have an issue with self-check-in in a hotel, which I think a lot of hotels now are starting to implement as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that's a little bit more in its infancy. And it's also something that is going to, I think, take a little bit longer because hotels are potentially the most personal part of a trip, right? Mm-hmm. And your likelihood of potentially getting a room upgrade or asking for a room that's further from the elevator, those types of interactions that you have at the check-in desk are so important. And that's why the, the large hotel brands invest so heavily in training their people to create that sense of hospitality. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, self-check-in at a hotel is probably something that's 
still in its early stages, but it does exist, right? You do encounter it. I I went to one a couple of years ago here in Singapore. My first reaction when they were showing me the highlights of this modern hotel was a self-check-in counter. And I'm like, are you kidding? If I yeah. flew from New York 18 hours to get to Singapore on a your favorite ultra-long-haul flight, um, I won't appreciate having to put my passport into a machine and trying to key in my details in in the computer by myself. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that we the, the data did bear that out, right? I think that people with checking in at airports and hotels, um, for the most part, are still something that people like to do face-to-face. However, we found that digital check-in uh, for a hotel did have strong adoption in the Asia-Pacific region. Hmm. Um, yeah, in particular in China, uh, there, where there's just a huge level of adoption in general and enthusiasm for, for the uh, mobile or online you know, experience. Uh, I think this is obviously a little bit harder for international people, right? If you're traveling internationally and you don't speak the local language or use it in the local app, you may want to have that face-to-face interaction. Well, it'd be good to see hotels having both options available. I think for checking out, especially if you check out from a machine, that'll be so much easier than having to wait in line. Yeah, automated Only to be told you're all good, you can go. <laughs> yeah, automated <laughs> checkout I think is much more common, right? Where you can, you know, return your key, receive your e-invoice, and and you know everything's fine. But checking in, yeah, is a little bit more little bit more difficult, I think. But we're still seeing a lot of progress there and good traction in it. Okay. What about ground transportation? I mean, now with the proliferation of, you know, Uber and Grab all over the world and and all these other uh, apps as well where you can book uh, a a ride from the airport to the city without having to wait for a taxi or be scanned by taxis, as many of us have encountered before. Um, What's your findings in that one? One of the things that we found was that there are regional differences to um, rideshare or or digital taxi-type apps versus the traditional taxi. In several large European cities where there's a high level of professionalism associated with the taxi, the unionized taxi guild, London being the classic example, their adoption is lower mm. on uh, the Uber-type applications. And, and, and that's probably for a very good reason, right? The very rigorous training that those uh, taxi drivers undergo and, and you know, the level of knowledge that they have is, is fairly extreme. Um, maybe maybe uh, almost hard to imagine in a case like London, right, that they can, you can give them an address and they can go there right away in a huge city like that. Right. So their level of adoption is a little bit lower. But generally speaking, the, the uptake has been really high in business travel mm-hmm. for ride-sharing apps, Grab, Uber, Gojek, et cetera. Well, that's, mm-hmm. uh, th- th- I just came back from a trip to a city where I was you know, researching ground transport from airport, and nobody mentioned anything about Uber. Yeah. And they just tell you to make sure you exchange cash, take a taxi to the city. Mm-hmm. So I just you know, randomly checked Uber, and it was a lot cheaper. Yeah. So... You know, things like that happen, too. So you just have to check. Some of them may be illegal or, you know, all these ride-hailing apps operating illegally. Could be. I mean, it depends on where you go. I mean, for the most part, you're not going to run into too many of those on a widespread basis. Uh, I think uh, off-label taxis exist in almost every major metropolitan area Mm -hmm. in the world. 
But um, li- large organizations like Lyft or Uber or whatever are very rarely, if ever, operating on a widespread basis in a place where they're not supposed to be. So to avoid being scammed, just make sure you know the roughly how much it costs from the airport to the city, it right? It is always worth doing that before you arrive in a city. Yeah. Yeah, it is always worth doing a quick Google search about that. So yeah. when it comes to man versus machine, mm-hmm. uh, in general, oh, where do you think we are going? Uh, I think that machine has made a lot of strides recently. You know, there was a period of time where, you know, in the travel industry, we thought that it was all going to go digital. We found that that was not necessarily true. There are many places in the travel use case or user scenario where human intervention is necessary. Disruption being one of them for sure. If your flight was canceled and Mm. you need to get another connection, um, in in most cases, you're going to want to talk to someone at the airport who can reaccommodate you. Or who can just assure you at least that you will get a refund for that ticket so you can book something yeah. else on your own. Exactly. So, um, But that's also one of the cases where we <laughs> saw a high level of adoption in certain markets, China included, that they would rather – a lot of people have a high willingness to do a mobile or browser-based disruption correction on their own on an airline website. So would I. Really? I think yeah. the decision-making is faster on a machine. You will know if you will get a refund or whatever you're going to get instantly without – waiting for somebody making a phone call. Yep. So, all right. Sounds good. Uh, Mike, thank you very much again for coming in here on Hashtag Wonderlust. Mike Volkovich with CWT right here on Money FM 89.3. Thanks, Tim. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.